The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and we have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. These great feasts of the church during this Christmas season, Epiphany is one of the really big feasts of the church, and it's always hard to preach. And not because you don't know what to say, but you need to figure out what not to say, because the gospel and the readings are so, so rich. They're just soaked with the themes of the gospel, with the themes and the prophecies of Jesus. So I'm going to try to just focus down on two characters in today's gospel that show us two different ways, contrary ways, to responding to Jesus present in our midst. The first person I'd like to talk about is Herod. There's lots of Herods in the New Testament, in the Bible. Um, This is Herod the Great. He's the one who built the temple um, that was in in existence at the time of Jesus and which is destroyed shortly after Jesus' death. But he was a bad guy. He was not a good Herod. He's called Herod the Great not because he was a good person, 
but because he did some great things publicly. But this Herod shows one way of responding to the coming of Jesus in our midst. And the gospel only tells us the very beginning of Herod's story. If you read the rest of chapter 2 of Mark, you see what Herod did. See, in the gospel today, we heard that the kings came or the magi came to Herod and let him know that there was a new king born of the Jews, which was who Herod wanted to be. He actually claimed the title and was given it by the emperor, King of the Jews. So Herod was very threatened by this, this new king that had been born and apparently had been foretold by prophecies. So Herod gets sneaky and he calls the Magi aside secretly. Notice how it says that. And he asks them to go find this child for him so that he can come and worship. But as we read the rest of the story in Matthew's Gospel, it's very clear Herod did not want to go and worship the child. What happens next is Herod, the Magi return, they don't come back and tell Herod where the child is. So he dispatches his soldiers to go and massacre all the children two years old and younger who were born in Bethlehem, thinking that he can destroy this king of the Jews, a rival for Herod's place in the kingdom. That's the slaughter of the innocents that we celebrated a while ago. Herod is not a good man, and he had no intention. And this points to one of the ways we can respond to the coming of God in our midst. And Herod is a dramatic example. We can respond by rejecting him. We can respond by clinging to our pride and rejecting the Lord. Because whenever God comes into our lives, we have to surrender. We have to admit to ourselves that we're not God that we're just human beings trying to figure it all out as best we can. And Herod refused to do that. C.S. Lewis calls that pride, the root of all sin. When we take ourselves and put ourselves in the place of God. And as we see in the story of Herod, as it unfolds, that leads to massacre and destruction and violence. And we've seen that all too many times in our world, where the pride of a person or a people or us leads to destruction in our relationships, our friendships, even our world. Pride, it's very real. And I want to just tell you three signs that you might be bordering on pride. These are spiritual, practical things that maybe you can take away. There's three things that can kind of show you that maybe you're on the edge of pride. They're not bad things in and of themselves, but they can show that maybe you're standing on the edge or maybe you've crossed over. And those three things are comparison, competition, and control. 
Those are good things. It's okay to compare. It helps you see where you fit in the world. And it's okay to compete because that's how you get better, right? And it's okay to control. I hope when you're driving down the road, you have control of your vehicle. But when you find yourself starting to get angry or sad because of comparison, competition, and control, it's a sign that pride, like Herod's, can be starting to rear its head in your life. And if you find that you're competing with everybody you meet, or you're comparing yourself and always trying to take the higher place or always realizing that you're not as good as you think you should be, or if you're trying to control and manipulate everyone else around you, you're on the road of pride. And you're following that road that led to that massacre of those children. It's not a good road to be on. That when you're on it, God is not in the center of your life anymore. You are. And that's a dangerous place to be. So that's the first part of one way to respond to the coming of God. Rejection and put yourself in the center. Take pride and run over everybody else. But there's other characters in this story that show us another way. And it's the way we're called to respond. And interestingly, these are the outsiders. These are the people who should not have known about the king of the Jews and who probably should not have cared about the king of the Jews because they weren't Jewish. It's the Magi. And they had come from afar, seeking out something bigger than themselves, seeking out something beyond their total control, beyond their understanding. These magi or wise people. So, how do they respond that's different than comparison? control, and competition. They respond with wisdom. They respond with wisdom. And wisdom is made up of, at least you can see it in this story, three things. The first one is awareness. The Magi are aware of who they are. They're aware that they don't belong. They're aware that they've lifted their eyes to the heavens and they see that there is much more there than they can understand. But they've tried to follow that guiding star as best they can. They're aware that there is something above them, but that they have a place. They're aware of who they are in the universe and whose they are, that there's something bigger than them. That's the antidote to pride, knowing it's not all about you. There is something bigger than you. The other thing the Magi do, and I think this is really, really important, they're aware that helps them to become wise. And then what do they do when they get to the crib? when they get to the crash, when they actually encounter the Lord, they bow. 
they bow. Or it says they prostrate themselves. They surrender themselves. They get over themselves. So they're aware. They bow. And then the last thing these wise magi do that we're called to do is they choose a different path. They choose a different path. See, the Magi had followed that star and it had brought them there to this moment of encounter. But when they leave, they go back changed. They go back living a different kind of life because they have encountered God. That's wisdom. When you don't just follow the crowds, follow the Twitter feed or whatever your, your uh, algorithm that's controlling your life, they followed a different path. Those are the ABCs of wisdom. A, awareness. B, bowing. And C, choosing a different path kind of life. And we're going to have that opportunity right here, right now, tonight. What you're doing right now, all of this whole lead up to the Eucharist is all about becoming aware of who you are and whose you are. That's why we read these readings to put us in the context. That's why Father Larry will lead us in that great prayer so that we know who we are and whose we are. Become aware And then when you come forward for communion, you will bow. You will bow, just a bow of your head, but your spirit will bow before something greater than you, which is Jesus, which is God present in our midst. And then tonight you're going to be sent forth to choose a different kind of life so that we don't live like Herod with ourselves at the center but we live like the Magi looking up at something bigger than ourselves and bowing before the Lord Jesus who comes to us as a baby. That's the choice. And really, it's the Gospel in a nutshell. You can either be like Herod with yourself at the center, or you can be like the Magi following a star and encountering the Lord and living a new way of life. The choice is ours tonight, and the choice is ours every moment. And that's the good news of Christmas.